Today we do continue our Advent journey. We see the greens beautifying the church this morning, the Advent candle wreath, which we have relit this morning. It's obvious this is the season of expectation, of waiting, of joy, and the arrival of the Christ child. We gather amidst a world, a crazy, difficult, strained and pained, violent and challenging world. We gather as a church, a church community where we are gift to one another. The neighborhood church is a gift. We are gift to each other. We are gift to those around us. We are gift to the world and we are gift to God because God has gifted us with life to begin with. We have the gift of being a faith family where we can share faith, where we can grow in faith. And it is good to be together. Our sermon series for Advent is As the Word Turns. Your bulletin has a mistake, and I'll take ownership for that. It says, As the World Turns. But uh, those two kind of go hand in hand, really, um, because the world is always turning. But I want you to think of the word turning as well. There are many perspectives to life and to our faith, and words play a big part of that and how our words are aligned, how a word or a phrase is turned can make all the difference. We hear and see things differently, and we see things and hear things differently at different times in our lives and at different seasons in our lives, and the Advent season is another time to see things differently. In the prologue to John's Gospel, a portion of which Mari read for us, we get a very different birth narrative than we find in Matthew and Luke. In Matthew and Luke, we're, we're introduced to the wise men and the shepherds and the physical birth of Jesus in Bethlehem. But in John's Gospel, there's none of that. It begins by saying, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You see, in the very beginning, it was a creative energy that began everything. That's how the early Hebrews understood creation. In the beginning, God spoke creation into being. God said, let there be, and on each of the days of creation, those things came into being. God said, let there be, and those things came into being. And so now John takes that further and says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That is a creative use of words. So as the Word turns, this is what we're thinking about during this Advent season. Uh, a gentleman was at a banquet, and it was a big banquet, a few hundred people, lots of tables, and he noticed the servers kept going by and, and offering people coffee, serving coffee to everyone, but he wasn't getting any coffee. Finally, after being passed by several times, he tapped the waiter's arm and said, I'd like some coffee. And he said, Mister, if you want coffee, you've got to turn your cup up. 
We only serve people coffee if their cups are turned up. Surprisingly, at this time of year, with all the giving and receiving going on, some of us come to Christmas with our spiritual cups turned down. And this sermon is intended to be a cup-turning-up sermon. There will be real reason for the season if we put ourselves in a position to receive it. One of the marvelous preachers of the last century, I loved his sermons, Halford Luckock said that he was shopping during the Christmas rush and he bumped into a woman and accidentally spilled her packages. He apologized, he helped her pick them up, and she said, oh, how I hate Christmas. It turns everything around in life. And he said, that's exactly what it's supposed to do. That's exactly what it's supposed to do. As the word turns, and it does, because creative power, creative communication is what gives us true and full life. O little town of Bethlehem, How like we are to you. Our lives are crowded to the brim with this and that to do. We're not unfriendly to the king. We mean well without a doubt. We have no hostile feeling. We merely crowd him out. We can turn up this year. We can turn up the cup of our inner being and receive the gift. Here are these lines of the poetess Edith Lovejoy Pierce, entitled, The Wisdom of God. The powers jostle for the central place. Pride, speed, and envy struggle to maintain their foothold, foothold, even widen their domain. But through the roiling of the flux and ebb, the center is preempted by the crib. Fulcrum of history, the manger bed, wherein reposes the all-powerless, he who puts the principalities to flight, who throws them all off balance and off key, who will, who will the strong and per- permanent outface, eye of the storm illuminates the night. As the word turns, and so can we. We can turn. There are so many things and gifts we receive at this time of year, Packages and presents, music sounds, sights and smells, sweets and treats, drinks and parties, time with friends and family. But there is one gift to receive, and it's the most important of all. And it's not the baby Jesus with all the sentimentality in a cute manger scene. Because you were a baby once. Jesus was a baby once. But you aren't a baby anymore. And Jesus grew up to be a man who lived, who breathed, who knew what it was to be in want, who knew what it was to know pain, who knew what it was to be betrayed. And it's been a long time since any of us have been babies, and for some of us longer than others. The gift is here in our passage from John's prologue. Don't forget that in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. 
And that word just, just kept on turning. That word kept spinning, kept changing, kept challenging, kept moving. It wasn't static. It kept moving and turning. Because there was a man who was sent from John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. Now, he himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light, the true light that enlightens everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. Who are we talking about? We're talking about Jesus here. He came to what it was his own. He came to Nazareth. They didn't receive him there. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become the children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of humankind, but of God. To those who believed in his name. Now, I want to make it clear what Scripture means when it uses this, turns this phrase, who believed in his name. When we pray in the name of Jesus, you know, most of our prayers end in, in the name of Jesus. We pray, right? That's not just a kind of a rote thing. It's meant to mean something very deep. When you pray in Jesus' name, you're praying in Jesus' spirit, his light, his way, his, his essence. So when you pray in Jesus' name, you better be praying in the essence and in the way Jesus would want you to pray. It's not something we just tack on at the end like an amen, which doesn't mean much to us. It just says it's like a period. It's like the end of the prayer. No, when you pray in Jesus' name, it means something because the word in Scripture is not just believe to mean intellectually assent to something. It's to faith it, to have faith, a deep abiding trust and sense that this is absolutely real. To all who put their complete faith in Jesus, He gave power to become the children of God. That's what it means. That's what it means. When we are open to the same Spirit, we can claim this promise to all who Believed, it's an, word, it's an inadequate word in English. To all who faith in Jesus. He gave, but I want to add because the word keeps turning. Not only did he do it back then in the past tense, he gives and will give power to become children of God. Now that is a promise. Because the word just keeps on turning. And our deepest identity as Christians, if we take all this stuff seriously, is rooted 
in who Jesus is. So, you, Melanie, are a daughter of God. Jim, you're a son of God. Dudley, you're a son of God. Ron, you're a son of God. Anne, you're a daughter of God. Look around, each and every one of us. Michael, you're a son of God. Karen, you're a daughter of God. Every one of us is a child of God. That is our deepest identity. We may be a lot of other things. You can tack on your profession. You can tack on your, your family. You can tack on a lot of other things. Titles, degrees, lots of other things. But your deepest identity, I'm telling you this morning, your deepest identity is that you are a child of God. And what could be more precious than that? There's a passage in Romans where Paul picked up on this. He said, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of of slavery to fall back into in fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, which is like Papa or Daddy, when we cry, Abba, Father, It is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. You see, we may not be blood children of one another, but by adoption and by our willingness to be part of Christ's body, to call ourselves Christians, we are sons and daughters of God and we are all part of God's family. Now, What if you choose not to receive the power? Are you still a child of God? I believe the answer is yes. I believe the answer is yes. Those who haven't turned up the cup of their innermost being to receive the power are still children of God. They just haven't embraced it as the true core of who they are and do not live in the power of that reality. I know for a fact that there are some listening who are just doing the church thing. I get it. But if you are truly filled with faith, your life will be very different. To be a living word, a word, a word is a unit of energy charged with power. A word is a unit of energy charged with power. Our words can be very powerful. We can say things that we think, oh, it's no big deal, but words can hurt. And words can build up. The choice is ours. The choice is ours, how we use words, how we treat others, with kindness and respect, or the opposite, to be mean-spirited. In the beginning was the Word. We know the Word. We need to be open and let it grow and nourish our spirit. 
God utters me, God utters you like a word. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God and all things came into being through him. And without him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life. And the life was the light of all people. And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not and will not overcome it. And to all who received him, he gave power to become the children of God. As sons and daughters, we can live in a dark and difficult world because we are children of the light. And we celebrate the light and the love and the word that give us our truest identity and what a gift that is. May this holy season be a spiritually turned up cup time for all of us as the word turns. Friends, trust the good news of the gospel. To all who receive him, he gave, he gives, and he will give the power to become true children of God. May it be so for each and every one of us. Amen.